0: Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast of the Sunday Morning Sermons of the Bullard Church of Christ in Bullard, Texas. We hope you'll be blessed, challenged, and encouraged by today's lesson. Good morning, good morning. So wonderful to be together, blessed again to come together to see one another, encourage each other, and worship God in spirit and in truth. We're so thankful to have everyone here with us and online We're thankful for our visitors being with us. You're a blessing to us, and we hope that we are a blessing to you. And we always want you to know you're welcome at any time when we get together, and we're also here to serve you in any way possible. Peter wrote his second letter that we begin looking at today right after, soon after his, his first letter to Christians who were spread out throughout Asia Minor. And he wrote this second letter uh, shortly before he was put to death by Nero. And uh, history tells us he was crucified upside down and did not want to be crucified in the same way as Jesus, so asked to be upside down. So he writes this shorter letter to these Christians, and his theme is a simple one. It is uh, grow spiritually through the Word of God. Grow spiritually through the Word of God. Spiritual maturity comes through the Word of God and putting it into practice in our lives. And don't you think that as a Christian matures in Christ, it ought to be observable? Doesn't that just make sense that that if I am going to mature in Christ, in Christ, other people ought to be able to detect that I am growing spiritually? Shouldn't that be something that people can look at and observe as they're around me, interact with me? At, at some point, people ought to be able to tell, hey, he's not losing his temper like he used to. He doesn't say those words like he used to. He doesn't do those things like he used to. He's he's loving more. He's caring more. He's more knowledgeable about the Word of God. He's more devoted in his faith. Whatever it might be, spiritual maturity, as Peter's going to show us, ought to to be observable. It should be detected by others, okay? Whether that's in our church, family, in the workplace, uh, in our homes, wherever we are, spiritual growth should be observable. So turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1 and look at verses 3 and 4. Peter has this long sentence that says, His divine power has granted to us point out here in this passage. And the first is that God gives the Christian everything he needs to live a godly and holy life. When you become a Christian, you have from God His Spirit indwelling in you and the Word of God and the fellowship of the church. You have everything you need to grow in your spiritual life, to to live a godly, uh, holy spiritual life to grow and mature spiritually. You don't have to wait around and say, well, when 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 is that going to happen? When is somebody going to just tell me what I need to do? When is it just going to kick in for me automatically? No, God gives you everything you need when you become a Christian. Now you may not always you may not realize it all at first, but you have within Scripture, is what Peter's going to emphasize, and you have within the fellowship of the church, and you have within the Holy Spirit working in you, uh, uh, helping you with Scripture, and in, in your relationship with Christians, and your walk with uh, God, and, and, and your prayer life, you have what you need to grow spiritually. And so that tells me, if I'm a Christian and I'm not growing spiritually, then it's no one's fault but mine because God's given me everything I need to mature in Christ. And he tells us how. How do you do it? He emphasizes this, through the knowledge of Him who called us. You see, when you came to learn Christ... Paul talked about this in Ephesians. You know, you didn't learn Christ that way. You learned learned to put off your old self and put on your new self. That's how you came to learn Christ. See, when you come to a knowledge of Jesus and you turn your life to Him and you you obey the gospel, then that knowledge of Him and that increasing knowledge of Him is what you need to help you grow in your spiritual life. You want to mature spiritually? Get to know Jesus more. You want to mature in this area in your life? Uh, Get to know Jesus' teachings more. Get closer to Him. Know Him and His Word more. And you'll find out what that causes is spiritual growth over here in other areas of your life. The more you learn about Jesus, the more resources you have to help you grow spiritually. The more you get Him in you and His Word in you, and the closer you get to Him, you'll find that the more mature you get spiritually. And the more you learn to live like Him, the more you learn to follow Him, the more you'll start living like Him in your everyday life. And so how did God call you Uh, through to this knowledge how did God do it well Peter told us by his own glory and goodness or excellence by his own glory and goodness in other words he didn't have to do this God didn't have to make us in the first place but he did because he he wanted to and wanted to have a relationship with us when we messed it up because of sin in the garden and we continue to mess it up because of sin in our lives now uh, God could have said that's it and, and just be done with us and hit the delete button. But that's not what He does. It's by His glory and His goodness that He sent His Son to save us. And when we gain knowledge of His Son and we believe in that good news of the gospel and obey it, then we access that glory and goodness and salvation. Doesn't that make you thankful Doesn't what God has done for you make you thankful? See, we need to spend more time being thankful for what God has done for us. Oh, absolutely thank Him for your blessings, your material blessings. Of course, every good and perfect gift uh, uh, comes from above that we have. And thank Him for everything. Thank Him for the breath that you breathe. But we've got to spend time thanking Him for His salvation. Thank you for your glory and your goodness. Even if I don't have a house, even if my car's broken down, even if my health is bad, even if my, my, my body's failing me, even if I'm dealing with tragedy in my life, no matter what I'm going through, I can thank God for His glory and His goodness. Because of that, He gave me salvation. When I obeyed the gospel, no matter what my external circumstances look like, I can praise God for his glory and his goodness. That's how he called us. Now, and it's a result of his glory and goodness that that we are able through Jesus to escape the corruption of this world. All you got to do is look on the news on your phone, on the TV, on the newspaper, if you can find one or anywhere, or talk to somebody, and you're going to hear about more corruption. Every day there's more corruption. Everywhere we look at every level, from local to national to global, there's corruption everywhere. And oftentimes we just think, why do we have such corruption and immorality and sin and, and, and ruin because of all that? Why? Well, Peter tells us the root cause of corruption in every place, in every heart, and everywhere we look, he says, is sinful desires. It's sin. It's my own sinful desires. The desires of the flesh to have power, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, whatever it might be. The the, the pursuit of money, the love of money is the what? Root of all evil. You see, all of those sinful desires cause what? They cause one thing, corruption. Sin corrupts. And those sinful desires within us and within everybody else do nothing but cause corruption in this world. And God, because of His glory and goodness, saves us from that when we give our lives to Christ. And we're saved out of the corruption of this world. Not immediately like we would wish sometimes, but ultimately when He returns. So look with me at verses 5 through 11. Peter says in verse 5, For this very reason. In other words, because of what God has done for you. Because of salvation. Because He saved you through Christ from the corruption of this world. And He's given you eternal life when you put on Christ in baptism. Because of this, for this very reason, do this. Christians are to make every effort to supplement their faith with virtue, with virtue knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Notice what Peter didn't say. Peter didn't say, try to do that. He didn't say, hey, try to have more virtue in your life. If you get around to it and it's not too difficult for you and, and it doesn't you know, get too much in the way of the lifestyle that you like, try to have a little more self-control. Try to love people more. Try to gain more knowledge of Jesus and His Word. That's not what Peter said. What did he say? Make every effort. And he's talking to Christians and these people who are already in the church, people who already have eternal life. He's saying, make every effort. To add, to supplement, to take these vitamins, to add these to your faith. And it goes through this list of all these things. You need to be adding to your faith if you're a Christian. He says make every effort. And you know what that makes me do? That makes me stop and think, am I making every effort? Or am I just making some effort? Or sometimes some effort? What did Peter say to do? Make every effort. So when I look around and I and I see well, there's an opportunity there. I could have made more effort to grow spiritually, and I didn't. Well, Peter's saying, well, you, then you know what to do. You look around in your life and you see maybe where you're wasting time, maybe where you're just scrolling nonstop, maybe where you're watching uh, videos, you're playing video games, and there's nothing wrong with that. But but but. Take a, a, an evaluation of your life and, and, and are, you, are you making every effort to add these qualities to your faith? Are you making every effort when it comes to assembling and and, and studying in Bible class and and getting your kids in uh, the the children's Bible classes and children's activities, youth group and youth Bible class, adult Bible classes, small group where you get to encourage one another and be together, or different, different events and activities, calling each other, getting together and just going to lunch together. Are you making every effort? Are you studying the Bible on your own? Do you spend time in prayer and in the Word daily? Are you making every effort? I think that all of us could raise our hand and say, you know, I could put some more effort into my spiritual growth, right? And so that's what Peter thankfully tells us we need to do. And then look at verses 8 through 9. For if these qualities are yours, and then what does he say? "...and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind." Your translation may say that a little bit differently. This is uh, ESV, uh, and that, that gets at the, what he's trying to say. You're so nearsighted, you're blind." If you, don't, if you don't have these qualities or even think they're important, and you've forgotten that Jesus cleansed you from your former sins, Peter, what are you saying? That not only are we supposed to add these qualities, these virtues to our faith, we're supposed to keep growing in them. We're supposed to keep on adding them. We're supposed to grow stronger, more mature in each one of these, these qualities that he just listed. That's how we're supposed to think about these, to continually grow and let them continually grow within us. Think about it this way. Look at this picture. You've seen that. You might have done this with your kids, your grandkids, where you're measuring how they grow, right? And you probably put a date or an age as they grow taller. And what happens when they come back to see you next time or or on their next birthday and they stand there and you make another mark? And what do you do? You look back... And you see, wow, look where I was last time we, we measured. I grew. And then you look and you see, well, there's, there's more up there. There's, there's more growing to do. So I want to ask you this. If you were to take today's date, February 24th, 2020, 25th, 2024, and you were to rewind the, the clock and go back to this day last year, would you look back and could you honestly say in these different qualities that Peter's listed, could you say, yeah, I, yeah, I see some growth in those areas. I mean, not, not all the way and, and maybe not all of them, but, but I, if I'm honest, I really do see some. Maybe you can look back and say, yeah, I, I did grow. I, I remember focusing on that. I remember spending time on that. I remember thinking about that. Or maybe you look back and you think, ooh, I shrunk. You know, honey, who shrunk the kids? But what you got to do is evaluate yourself. Where were you last year? And did you grow any between then and now? And then you look at your life now and you look at this day next year and think, how tall am I going to grow in each of these areas? How more mature can I get in a year in all of these qualities? Maybe there's a few I really, really need to focus on because I'm, I'm pretty low in them. I'm pretty short in those areas. And see, that helps us think about measuring our spiritual growth when I have something tangible I can look at. And maybe that's something I talk to uh, uh, my spouse or my family about. Maybe that's something we talk about in our small groups or with some close friends of mine or with an elder that I can check in with. And and they can help me see, am I growing? How am I doing in that? And they can be praying for me. So consider that when it comes to spiritual growth because Peter said make every effort to add these things and in increasing measure. In other words, you need to have a plan for your spiritual growth. But we don't really do that, do we? We don't really plan. Okay, I need to grow in my knowledge or I need to grow in my love. I need to grow in my my virtue. I need to grow in in, in my self-control. What am I going to do to grow? in those areas if I don't have any kind of plan probably I'm not gonna do much growing in that area so what am I gonna do to make more effort to grow in those areas now please understand we're not talking about earning your salvation we're not talking about earning you know works based salvation earning your way to heaven these people are already Christians and Peter's saying okay wonderful you're already Christians now keep growing you're not done and you never get done Until you take your last breath, you continue, you should continue to mature uh, throughout the rest of your life. So, what do these spiritual characteristics do for us? Peter says they make us effective and productive in our faith. They keep us from being ineffective and unproductive. And so are you ever feel like I'm just stuck in a rut in my faith and my spiritual life? I feel like I'm hitting the gas pedal and the, the tires just spin in the mud? Well, he's saying, that if, I, if I'm adding these to my faith and I'm growing in them, then it's going to help me be productive and effective in my spiritual life. So ask yourself that question. How productive and effective do I feel in my walk with Jesus? And again, we're not talking about earning anything because of works or you need to now go do 50 things. That's not what we're saying. That's something between you and God. Am I being effective in my faith? Am I being productive in my devotion to God? Am I maturing? Now, let's look at, let's look at this. What did Peter say if I lack some of these things? How did he describe me if I lack some of these things? Look at this. He said that you are nearsighted, so nearsighted that you're blind. What what happens if you're nearsighted? Who's nearsighted in here? Some people are farsighted. Anybody nearsighted? Y'all don't want to admit it because you're like, no. I Okay. I'm nearsighted, I wear contacts, you know, and, or glasses, and uh, then I was telling James and Sherry, you know, and then when Joyce and I got in our 40s, all of a sudden that wasn't enough. You're like, what? What? Who, who dimmed the lights? And you got to get the readers then, you know, once you figure out what it is, or as the eye doctor said, the cheaters. And uh, so what, what did Jesus say? That when you're nearsighted, you have to hold things closer, don't you, to, to see it. Because you can't see it when it's further away. It doesn't come into focus. And Peter is saying, if you don't have these qualities and you're not thinking about it and you don't think this is important, you're already a Christian and you're just, hey, I'm good. I ain't worried about that. He's saying, you're so nearsighted, you're blind. You can't see spiritually at all. That's how nearsighted you are. And then he, he goes further to say, and here's why. Because you forgot what Jesus did for you. Remember he just talked about that? You forgot what Jesus did for you. See, that's your motivation in life because of the gospel. Because of the gospel, I live faithful to Jesus. Because of the gospel, I want to grow spiritually. Because I remember what Jesus did for me. And that doesn't ever become old news. It never stops pricking my heart, what Jesus did for me. We see that in Paul's life. It seems like he could never get over the fact that Jesus saved him. After all, I did, and He saved me. And made me an apostle and gave me salvation. He just couldn't comprehend it almost. That's how it ought to be for us. Never forget what Jesus has done for us. Look at verse 10. Peter says, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities... You will never fall. I, I like the way the King James and New King James say that. Make your calling and election sure. And that's that's what I titled this sermon is, is show your sure show you're sure. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that when your life is Christ-centered and you're growing in these qualities, then you're showing, not for any showy purposes, not to show off, but that shows that you have salvation in Christ. In other words, If you're saved, people ought to see it. If you're a Christian, people ought to be able to tell that you are. At your school, yes, people ought to know that you live for Jesus. In your workplace, people ought to know that you're a Christian. In your neighborhood and in the circles you're in, people ought to know that you devote your life to Christ. And that you you you're you are Christ-centered. You see, because the more you grow spiritually, then that is you growing in these different qualities that Peter just listed. And those are all observable things. Because you're growing in your self-control. You're growing in your virtue. You're growing in your brotherly affection towards one another. You're growing in your love overall, your love for God. And that shows up, that is detectable on people's radar. Does that make sense? So you cannot be a Christian and maturing spiritually and people not see it. And the opposite is true. If I'm not growing spiritually, then at least those closest to me will also see that. And, and, and because of what Jesus did for us, we need to make sure... That we dedicate ourselves to growing spiritually. Uh, In verses 12 through 15, briefly, Peter understood how important spiritual maturity is. And it was so important to him that he said, I gotta remind you about this. And in fact, I'm gonna talk about this with you until I die. I'm going to repeat this, that you need to be growing spiritually. You need to mature in these areas in your life. And I'm going to say this over and over again until I die. Because he knew that he probably very soon, at this point when he wrote this, would be put to death. And Peter said that the Word of God is even more important than even his own experience, because he talks about his own experience as a follower of Jesus. He was apostle, an apostle, and he saw Jesus uh, be crucified. He saw Him raise, be raised. He was there. He was at the mountain of transfiguration. And he says in verse 20 and 21, uh, or, or look at verse number 19. Of uh, 1 Peter, 2 Peter 1, and we have the more prophetic word, or the more sure word, the more prophetic word, more fully confirmed. In other words, the word of God is, is is even more important than what I'm saying, my own testimony. We have a more sure thing to which you will do well to pay attention to as to a lamp shining in a dark place. He's saying the word of God, all of the word points us to Jesus, and we can We can depend on the Word of God, and we can can study the Word and grow stronger by it. And then he says these beautiful words about Scripture. Look at verses 20 and 21. Knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. In other words, y'all, I'm not making this up, you know this. This is how the, we got the Bible. Peter's saying, this is how you got the teachings from me and the words that I'm writing right now that you're going to read. He tells us how we got the Bible. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In other words, pay attention to the Bible. How am I going to grow spiritually, mature in these areas? I need to be digging in the Word of God. And when I do that, I'm going to grow closer to Jesus. And I'm going to start looking more like Him, acting more like Him, thinking more like Him, and being more like Him in every way. Chapter 2, we can't cover it all. I'll just briefly summarize what he's saying. In verses 1 and 2, he's, he has some tough words for false teachers. And some of these false teachers used to be Christians in the church, and they've turned away and, and followed false doctrines, false teachings. And in verses 1 and 2, he's basically saying there, there has always been false teachers and there always will be false teachers. That's what Peter's saying. And then he deals with them very sharply, very strongly in, in the rest of that chapter. But we see some things that we can gain that help us guard ourselves from false teachings. And you see it there. We can mature spiritually spiritually. Because when I grow stronger in those qualities that he listed, when I grow stronger in my faith, then I'm more able to resist the devil, which we looked at last week. I'm more stronger and stable in my faith. I'm more uh, uh, settled and sure. I'm more uh, firm in my foundation. And then secondly, we must grow in the Word. And those go hand in hand. If I'm growing in the Word, then I'm maturing in my faith. I can't mature in my faith unless I'm growing in the Word. So if I, want to do, if I want to mature spiritually and I want to look next year and look at my chart and say, hey, you know what? I think I grew a little bit. Then I need to be in the Word and focused on those areas that I need to mature in. Pablo Casals was a famous cellist. He died in 1973 at the age of 96 and he's considered one of the most influential musicians in the 20th, of the 20th century. Pablo practiced the cello four to five hours every day, all of his life, even up to the point of his age of 96. From time to time, a reporter, a friend, there was a documentary made a long time ago about him. Uh, he would be asked, Pablo, even though you're one of the world's absolute best cellists, you're, you're, you're just magnificent. Why do you still practice at this age four to five hours a day? And from everything I could find, he was asked this numerous times throughout his life. Uh, that he, would, he was asked this at age 67. Someone says at age 81, at 83, at 90, and at 95, just months before he died, and he always gave the same answer why he practiced four to five time, hours a day on his cello. And it's, his answer was always, because I think I'm making progress. Because I think I'm making progress. He never stopped growing. He never stopped practicing. And even at an old age, his attitude was, I can still learn more. I can still sharpen my skills. I can still get better. He never stopped. And that's how we ought to live our Christian lives. We ought to live with the idea that I'm still making progress. And no matter how old I get, no matter how intelligent I get, knowledgeable about the Bible, no matter how strong I get in my faith, I can. there's still more growing to do. There's still more Bible to understand. There's still deeper to go. There's still more people to reach. There's still more things to do for God. I can still mature and I can still serve. And I'm never going to give up because you know what? I think I'm making progress. And that's what we want in our spiritual lives. We want to look at that chart and say, I think I'm making progress. Why? Because we're making every effort like he did every day to grow, to mature, to get sharper, stronger, and better, and all for God's glory. So I want to ask you this question this morning. Are you making progress? Are you, are you maturing spiritually spiritually? Do you see that you're making spiritual progress in your life because you're devoted to the Word and devoted to growing in the qualities God's Word has called us to grow in? Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to ask for prayers. Maybe you need to turn your life over to Jesus because you've never done that. Why would you wait? Why would you put that off? And maybe, maybe you're ready to be baptized into Christ you've been thinking about, and you just, you just hadn't taken that step. And you're ready to do that this morning because we're ready to, be, to serve you if you are. But maybe you just realize, you know what? I, I need to just start moving in that direction, and I need someone to work with me because that's the direction I need to go. I want to understand this more. I want a relationship with Jesus. Help me understand we want to be here for you in that need as well. We invite you to come forward as, as we stand and sing. We thank you again for listening today. If we can answer any questions for you or serve you in some way, please reach out to us. You can find our contact information and more on our website at bullardchurchofchrist.com. If this lesson has helped you, please rate our podcast and share it so more people can hear the Word of God. And please, come visit as soon as you can. We meet on Sundays for class at 9 a.m., worship at 10 a.m., evening worship at 5, and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. God bless you.